I've heard of your miracles. I've heard what you've done for others. If you've done that for others, you can do it for me if you want to. If you are willing. And what did Jesus do? How did he respond? Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man and said, I am willing. I am willing. He was willing then, and I want you to know he's willing now. The songwriter wrote these words. There is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he will do for you. This is Jerry G. Martin. Welcome to our broadcast. I don't know what you're going through. Listen to today's message and find out that God is willing to do it for you. Many of us know how it feels to be lonely. Most of our loneliness, however, has been temporary. You know, maybe you've moved to a city or a place where you didn't know anybody and didn't have any family members, and you just felt like you were alone. Or maybe you had a place in your life when you don't have a mate, you don't have a relationship that's close and intimate, and you just feel like you are all alone. Anybody ever been there? What if you were alone because the law said to you that you could not come in contact with any people because of a disease that you had that was incurable? You were quarantined. You were put out, and they said you can't touch anybody and nobody can touch you. Your family members couldn't visit you, and even if they wanted to. Along with the disease, you found yourself in a life of isolation, a life of shame, loneliness, ridicule, sickness, and hopelessness. If you thought you were going through something now, what if that was your situation? Jesus met a man who was living that kind of life. And when Jesus met him, he changed that man's life. I want to look at that in the book of Luke, chapter 5, beginning at verse 12. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When Jesus saw him, when he, well, when he saw Jesus... He fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean, and immediately the leprosy left him. When you read the scriptures, one of the things you will discover as, is whenever Jesus came to a town, things begin to happen. We're told in the scriptures that he went from town to town, healing those who were sick and casting out demons from those who were possessed. Just in case you didn't know it, Jesus is still in town. He left earth, but he stayed in town. 
He's still healing those who are sick. Let me say that to these people over here. He's still healing those who are sick. I don't know what kind of Lord you serve, but the Lord that we serve is still in the healing business. And he's still driving demons out of people's lives. He's here in town and he's here with all of his power to heal, to deliver, and to set free. But while he was in town, a man came along who was, as Luke said, covered with leprosy. Now, leprosy is one of the diseases that we are not familiar with in this country. But in that day, it was quite common. So we're going to tell you what leprosy is and what it was. Leprosy is a chronic infectious disease and is characterized by sores and scabs and white shiny spots on the skin. In fact, when leprosy has run its course just about, the, it would deteriorate your, your, your limbs and sometimes your fingers would just fall off and your arms and forefingers would, would just fall off. Your hand would just rot out and fall off. If the symptoms of leprosy showed up in a person at that time, in the Hebrew culture, among the Jews, the priest was the key person who was to decide if your, your infectious skin disease was leprosy or some other kind of disease. And because of the need to control the spread of the disease, for which there was no cure, the law required the leper to be isolated. He said, you can't be around other people and you had to be isolated from the rest of the society for the rest of your life. The leper was required to wear mourning clothing. He was required to leave his hair in disorder, to keep his beard covered and to, to cry out Whenever someone approached him and say, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, he was required to do that so everybody else could avoid him. Aren't you glad when we got things right now that other people can be affected by in our lives, we don't have to call out and put ourselves on blast? Amen. You know, we got some things that we carry around with us that affect other people. Some other things are physical, some are social, some are mental. We can affect other people with our anger issues. We can affect other people with our hatred. We can affect other people with our attitudes. Oh, what if we had to call ourselves out and say, I'm unclean, I got an attitude, you don't want to get this close to me. I'm still hating on folks like you, so I'm calling myself out. I got a sexual disease now, I'm unclean, I'm telling you while I'm in the club. I got HIV, so I'm going to tell you now before you get this close. 
But that's what he had to do. He had to say, I'm unclean. In the book of Leviticus, uh, chapter 13 and 14, is all about these infectious diseases that were obvious and were outside of a person. Leviticus 13, 45 says, The person with such an infectious disease must wear torn clothes, let his hair be unkempt, cover the lower parts of his face and cry out, unclean, unclean. As long as he has the infection, he remains unclean. He must live alone. He must live outside the camp. Over the last few weeks, as we have looked at Jesus working in the towns and in the cities, we've met some people. We met the man who was living in the tombs. Y'all remember him? He was, he was living in the tombs and he was demon-possessed and he got so comfortable in the tombs that he would live there day and night. When he met Jesus, his life changed. We met Peter's mother-in-law who was in the bed with a high fever. Jesus came in and rebuked that fever and she got up immediately. But now we have another man, and in the scriptures so often we, we, just, we just get the story that this is a man, but this man had a name. We don't know how he ended up with leprosy. We're not told how he discovered, but let's imagine that this man was at work one day and he went home and he told his wife, he said, I, I got a little sore on the palm of my hand and it was bothering me while I was working out in the field. Do we have any more of that ointment left? That let's put this on here and see what happened, wrap it up. And, and it probably is going to be better tomorrow. His wife bandaged his hand up and but when he got up the next morning and looked at his hand, it got worse. What is going on with my, my hand? You ever had a little something that you thought it was going to be all right, but it got worse? Amen. His wife took a look at it and said, I don't know, that don't look too good. And he said, I'm looking at it. She said, I think you're going to have to go to the priest and let him take a look at this. He went to the priest and the priest looked at it and the priest says, okay, well, I'm not sure what that is, but we're going to have to put you in isolation for 14 days. That's what the law say. So when he was in that isolation and was brought back out, the priest looked at it. And the priest said, it don't look good. It might be leprosy. And it's spreading. In fact, I'm going to go on and declare right now, you are a leper. See, some of you are old enough to remember the mid-80s when AIDS first hit. You're looking back on it now, say, yeah, that was all right. But I remember when you found out somebody had AIDS, you moved another seat over. Come on, you did. You just moved another seat over. If you knew somebody on your row at church had AIDS, you moved over. You didn't shake their hands. Y'all looking at me, yeah, well, we didn't. No, you didn't. Because they were dying like flies. And it was incurable. Some funeral homes didn't even want to deal with the people that died with AIDS because they didn't know how it spread it at the time. And there was no cure. That was like leprosy. We're not going to fool with you. 
And some of us are dealing with things in our lives nobody want to fool with us. It's not a physical leprosy. We've been called out in our families and they don't want to fool with us anymore. Maybe we burned some bridges in our relationships and our, our family members don't want to fool with us. Our coworkers don't want to fool with us. Everybody know that there is an issue with you except you. And you're just wondering why uh, people start moving when I come in the room and everybody get up and move out. But there's an issue. But this man, heartbroken when he got the news that he was a, now a leper. He was a family man with the family and children. He was a farmer, but now he's a leper. He was a, he was a good man. He was a... a he had another description for himself, but everything in his life changed, and now he's only a leper. So the priest tells him that, and he says, well, let me go, and, and I know I got to be put out of my home. I know I got to be put out of my community, but let me go hug my wife and kids one more time before I go. He said, no, you can't do that. You're a leper, and your leprosy life starts now. The only thing your wife may be able to do is bring you something to eat and she can't hand it to you. She's going to have to put it down and move out the way and then you're going to have to come and get it and go on with the other lepers with whom you are now living. We don't know how long this man had been a leper, but for a leper, one day was too long. We don't know anything about this man except that Jesus came to town and this man saw him. Our texts tell us that when he saw Jesus, come on, say, when he saw Jesus. Jesus. You can just stop there for a minute. This this man's eyes were open and he saw Jesus. We don't know what he heard about Jesus in the past, but I'm suspicious that somebody might have told him or he overheard somebody talking about Jesus and saying, everywhere he go, he touched people and he healed people. He couldn't be close enough to the crowd, but he overheard and he knew a little something. But the Bible says when he saw Jesus, see, there are people looking at Jesus now, but they still don't see him. Yeah, they looked at him hanging on the cross. They looked at him in church when the pastor and the preacher talked about him, but their eyes aren't open enough for them to see who he really is. They don't see that he's the son of God. They don't see that he's the savior. They don't see that he's the healer. They don't see that he's the deliverer enough to even engage with them. They heard about him, but they never saw him. But this man saw Jesus. He saw Jesus for who he is. Let's, let's look at what it said. He fell on, on his face on the ground and begged him, Jesus, I'm calling on you right now. He's desperate. This man not only needed to be changed, but he wanted to be changed. There's a difference from needing a change and wanting to be changed. There are folks that know they need to be changed, but they're not ready yet. I'm not ready yet. I don't. Give me one more night with the frogs. That's what Pharaoh said. When Moses came and the frogs were in the palace and and Moses says, what do you want me to do? He said, well, just get rid of these frogs tomorrow. Moses said, look like you want one more night. 
and there are people in their lives they want one more night of of doing what they're doing, one more night of hanging out where they're hanging out at, one more night of, of a life of sin, and I'll come to Jesus tomorrow. I'll ask him tomorrow. But this man said, I, I don't need another night. Lepers were required, as we said, to keep their distance, but he was so determined, he broke the law and approached Jesus. He approached him personally. Luke make it clear that Jesus was a friend of the outcast and they could come to him for help. This man humbled himself, fell down on his face and cried for mercy. See, when we come into the presence of the Lord Jesus, we can't help but bow down and worship him. He is the Lord God Almighty. This man had never met Jesus nor has he been introduced to him, but he was, look at what he called him. He called him Lord. He said, Lord. See, you got to know something to call him Lord. He said, Lord, if you are willing, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, that may not mean much to you when you hear that, but this man has already settled in his mind that Jesus was able. He didn't say, if you're willing, would you try to see if you can help me? He said, you can make me clean. You have the power to make me clean. You have the authority to make me clean. I can be clean right now, but I just want to know if you're willing. I know you can. Come on, do you know whether you can or not? See, there are folks still wondering whether the Lord can help them. But this man says, it's not, it's not a matter of if you can do it. It's a matter of if you're willing to do it. I said, that's like asking Mattress Mac if you're willing to sell me a mattress. That's like asking the car dealer if you're willing to sell me a car. Yes, I'm willing. Jesus, you're able. This sick, diseased, isolated man was, was wasting away and there was only one thing standing in his way. And that was the willingness of Jesus to do the job. That's the willingness. Are you willing? Lord, if you are willing. Come on, somebody say, Lord, if you're willing. What's going on in your life that you need the Lord to touch you for? This man had faith in the ability of Jesus Christ to change his life. Lord, if you are willing. This man was saying, I don't know what you think about me. I don't know what you think about lepers. I don't know what you think about my condition. I don't know how you respond to people in my shape. I don't know if you're afraid to be in my company, but if you are willing, you can make me clean. He said, you can do it. He said, you have the power. I've heard of your miracles. I've heard what you've done for others. If you've done that for others, you can do it for me if you want to. If you are willing. 
And what did Jesus do? How did he respond? Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man and said, I am willing. I am willing. He was willing then, and I want you to know he's willing now. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what your past has been like. And you've been uh, diminished by the words of the enemy. The devil keep telling you that the Lord ain't going to help you. He keep telling you you're not going to get out of this situation you're in. He keep telling you you're going to be dealing with this for the rest of your life. All you have to say to Jesus, Lord, if you are willing. Now notice this man didn't ask him to heal him. He said, make me clean. Because I've been walking around saying, unclean, unclean, unclean. When you come in my pathway, I'm unclean. Now, I ain't glad to tell you that, but I have to tell you that. I'm unclean. Move out the way. You don't want to be by me. I'm unclean. So what do I need? I need to be clean. I, I want to be clean. I want to be clean. I want to be whole again. I want to I connect again with people. I want to connect with my family. Lord, make me clean. The Bible said, Jesus said, I'm willing. And he just said two words. Be clean. And immediately, somebody say immediately. The leprosy left him. It was obvious because this was something that was so obvious on the outside of a condition of a person. He was, his skin was scaly, he was pussed and he was white and, and his fingers were turning dark. But immediately, the leprosy left him and his skin cleared up and he was made whole. But I'm wondering if the Lord was here and he could see on the inside of us What is it that we need to be made clean from? What if he was here and he was calling us out? He said, I know you never say this, but you need to be clean from anger. You need to be clean from sexual immorality. You need to be clean from your lust. You need to be clean from your bitterness. You need to be clean from that hurt and that pain, that unforgiveness that you had. You need to be clean. You need to be clean. You're unclean. You're unclean, you're unclean, you're unclean, you're unclean, you're unclean. You need to be clean. This man was clean from the outside. You need to be clean from the inside. See, nobody can see that but you. And the Lord say, and me. I can see that. Oh, you look good while you're sitting up in there. You look good while you're sitting up in the church. You dressed up. You look good from the outside. This man was good on the inside, but he was messed up on the outside. You, you look good on the outside, but you messed up on the inside. You just need to just go on break down and say, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's message as we have shared with you how this man who was infected with leprosy, called out to Jesus Christ and said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I am willing. There are those of you who are listening to me right now. You don't have leprosy on the outside, but you need cleaning on the inside. There's hurts, there's habits, there's hangups that are in our lives that are keeping us from being who God wants us to be and doing what God wants us to do. We feel separated. We feel lost. We feel that we are without hope. Jesus is willing 
to make you clean. All you have to do is ask him to come into your heart and to come into your life. He will make you clean. This is Jerry G. Martin, and I invite you to be my guest at The Light of the World. We meet every Sunday, even now in this pandemic, we're meeting at 16161 Old Humble Road. We are doing safety protocols and health protocols, social distancing, and we're wearing our masks, but we are meeting. Come and join us. Pastor Jackie is in a tremendous series. It's going to be a blessing to your life, and we want you to be there with us. We meet at 16161 Old Humble Road. You can call us for more information or if you have a prayer request at 281-964-1393. That's 281-964-1393. Join us online for our Sunday morning service at LOWCF. Dot O-R-G. Again, that's L-O-W-C-F dot O-R-G. Now may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.